I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled Boost, a series specifically aimed to uh, create uh, created to boost businesses in South Africa by letting passionate and committed business people share their stories. In this episode, we're chatting about school. We're chatting about Educare and uh, 4IR and cultivating future leaders. I'm joined by Joel Kaplan, CEO of Thought Africa. Thank you for having oh, me. Welcome. It's very exciting. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I went through the schooling system. Really, one of those students that did everything I could to get out of the classroom. Um, oh. So, one of those naughty kids, and then found myself as soon as I had matriculated, going straight back to the school environment to start creating tech centres uh, to act as a catalyst for change. Five, six, seven years later, I've decided not to work with schools anymore, but rather launch my own hybrid school, which is a mixture of online. And in person So that's where I'm at So uh, Can we call you A school master A headmaster Headmaster No ways No thank uh, you Okay so 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 you started uh, uh, A business called uh, Thought Africa Yeah What does Thought Africa do Sure. So Thought Africa provides these modern technologies to students to be able to engage with prototyping tools like 3D printing. You experienced virtual reality five minutes ago. Um, and there's a range of these tools that allow people to explore their creativity, what they want to do, um, and build things that are solving global challenges. Um, so we use the sustainable development goals that were created by the United Nations as a real-world reference to why students are engaging in a particular technology and why they're engaging in a particular challenge challenge um, that they're trying to solve. Um, so our education is really hands-on, practical, and trying to solve global challenges. Okay, and then um, uh, let's start now with the question I actually wanted to start with. Why did, why did you start the business? Because I hated school. So I really, really that hated school. It was one of the spaces that actually just caused that. I mean, you hear it all the time, depression, anxiety, stress around exams. So why is school for teenagers that kind of space? We need to be supporting our next generation with, you know, uh, healthy development skills, with skills that they can actually use in the future. I'm tired of hearing parents saying my child's got anxiety or stress at, at a school level. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um I don't even remember your question, but that, no, that's kind no, of No, so we said, why did you start the, the yeah, business? Yeah, no, and, and, and to challenge the education system. The education ah, system like is that. not, um, it's not going to meet the needs. Uh, it was created during the industrial revolution. School doesn't teach you to be successful. School doesn't teach you about money. School doesn't teach you about investing. Um, it's backwards. And unfortunately, people that go through a schooling system, go to university, they just conform and stay in a box, um, where society's completely changed. Um, we, the world's changed. Sure. 18 months, we know the story. It's becoming a bit of a cliche saying things have changed, but it's the reality. It's not changing. It has changed. I mean, just with how uh, blockchain technology has allowed more democratic kind of networks to be available. If you look at Web 2, which is essentially you had the dot-com era, then you got Web 2, which is like Google and Facebook pretty much own the Internet. We're going to Web 3 where the people now are starting to own the Internet with these blockchain networks. So, yeah, shit's changed and schools need to get to the time. And and um, I actually like what you what you said when we started now uh, about the fact that uh, sc- schools exist just to uh, keep children off the street. I- essentially, it's an yeah. uncomfortable thing for people probably to hear, but I mean it's it's probably the truth. Uh, if people had to ask themselves when my, if my kid finishes matric today, what can I actually do? Um, it's it's probably a conundrum. Yeah, they can work at McDonald's if they want. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe, the yeah, maybe then you've gone two years too long for that. So, so I mean, I mean, 
let me just backtrack a little bit. Having a matric certificate, I'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world. I'm not <laughs> completely mitigating and saying that the system is um, completely terrible. Because you get people who get matric certificates, they're very happy. They're academics. Then they go on to getting some sort of a university degree, say accounting or law or engineering. You have to have some sort of a minimum standard in those industries. Yeah. For me, what's really bothering me within the space is that nothing's changed in the way in which we go about educating kids. And a lot of kids that... Um, are often very creative people get taught that they're not creative over years and years of like stigmatized you're wrong on this one big red x on the on their exams or whatever the case is yeah. so there is a place for a matric certificate there is a place for that academics but for very certain type of people yes. um but the majority of people you know a lot of people grow up thinking that they're not creative i mean a lot of people went to school wanting to become i don't know musicians or artists or whatever and then they were encouraged to rather Study economics or something like that. Get a Bachelor of Business Administration and Marketing Management. I mean, what does that even mean? And in, and in that anxiety almost just carries on throughout the, the work life and all that type of stuff. Okay. So what's your approach to education? What, what do you think it, uh, it should be? Self-directed. So, I mean, people and especially children, if you look at a two-year-old like taking wooden spoons and pots and they're starting to smash it and make a noise, a lot of people would go like, stop doing that. You're making a noise or whatever the case is. But what people don't realize is that kid's actually conducting an experiment. Um, so naturally, we've got a yearning to learn, to try and experiment, to be curious. Um, but that curiosity gets squandered by the schooling system where you sit at a desk in a row with a teacher up at the front and you've got to turn to page 83 or whatever the case is um so my approach yeah it's the rote learning uh parrot fashion so my approach is the pedagogy so that's your methodology of learning is to allow for students to choose some sort of a bigger problem that they need to solve or challenge um and then we give them the tools and then facilitate that journey now often what i'm seeing is, is that students are choosing challenges that far exceed their immediate skills and capabilities um and then often they'll become despondent while creating that project so we'll like take them off that project for a little bit give them something easier to do feel a sense of gratification and then you know jump back into it and some projects include kids building these self-balancing robot cars another kid built this um, artificial intelligence camera but then when it came to like the ai software it reached our technical capabilities on our company's team uh, so part of his learning journey was to pick up the phone find someone that could help him and actually approach that person oh. and see if he could get that project over the line so it's really trying to foster that sense of independence foster the creativity um, and let people just be who they want to be. You know, and and uh, what I'm sitting thinking the, the whole time while we're talking here, uh, we we uh, also it's probably been flogged to death, but we know that probably what 50, 60, 70 percent of the jobs that's going to exist in yeah. the next 15 years hasn't hasn't uh, been invented been, been invented yet. It doesn't sure. exist today, and and it will come out of stuff like that where, where people. Uh, are creative and, and push the boundaries of what we believe is, is possible. 100%. Um, I mean, new jobs are coming up all the time. Uh, just as one example, like your accounting space, you get software like Xero. Uh, don't sponsor me, but they can get a shout out. Xero is an accounting platform that yeah. links in with your bank account, uh, starts generating rules where you can reconcile things. Um, so that age of accounting is already starting to like look Concerning if you are doing an accounting degree at the moment or if you are an accountant, you need to start innovating in your career a bit. And it's not a matter of like whether you agree with me or not. This is happening. Um, things are changing where like the softwares are able to, you know, replace your menial jobs respectfully.
Yeah, well, um, I had a um, earlier in the year at uh, uh, Bronwyn Williams from Flux Trends. She's, she's a futurist, and, and uh, we also spoke. She also spoke about the digitization of, of jobs. So, I mean, if you're not be, if you're not being creative and evolving, your your job will will be taken by a computer. And it's I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, the, the world is, is going to move according to that. So, who are your typical students or, or customers, if I can call it that? Oh, good question. So. I don't know if I can use this analogy, but I will anyways. There's, if you take a personal trainer, there you have three types of personal trainers. One that makes fat people thin, a second one that makes thin people fit, and then a third one that makes fit people athletes. Now, I'm not going to go and try and target everyone and every type of parents. So I often see like within this retail space as parents are challenging the way we're doing this. And immediately like I can tell if they're like academic and they want to go through the formal route, I'm not going to, you know, bother. But then there's a lot of parents now, which is part of this, what's referred to as your unschooling community, where they're taking their kids out of the formal system. Um, and those are my target audience. It's a mom that's looking for more, uh, their children's more autonomy, uh, allowing them to kind of make, be part of the decision making process. Um, We've actually got an ideal customer avatar. Her name is Nancy. So she's a fig- figurative character that we refer to as to like what type of parent we're looking for. Okay. Um, and yeah, those are the kind of parents we're looking and for. In, and in where thinking. do you find him? TikTok. Funny TikTok. Enough. Yeah. Really? So I post these TikTok videos, which seem to have generated a lot of attention around the education space and like what I'm trying to do. And it's actually brilliant to see the attention it's getting, even from teachers who are saying, you know, we're in this system and we're feeling stuck. Um, cause unfortunately they just there to kind of tick all the boxes and uh, yeah, do their job. Um, so yeah, I think TikTok being what the platform it is, it's, it's attracting a lot of people. That is fascinating to me because I, I, I was on, on chatting to Gareth about it yesterday where I, I'm not, I don't even know what TikTok really is, but I mean, that's, it's, it's like the biggest say, social media platform in the world. It's, it's got the highest growth rate with all, compared to all the social media platforms combined. Uh, the majority, 50% and up of their audiences over the age of 30. Um, the conversion rate in terms of like e-commerce sales is above 18%, which is like nothing we've seen with Facebook or Instagram. Uh, so if you guys aren't on TikTok, Cliff Central. <laughs> I'm sure they are. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah. So, so, um, uh, and, and age wise, can, can anybody be a, yeah, so seven to 17 is like is the your common, target market, yeah, you know? common age group that we're working with. Okay. Um, and yeah, they've been having a little bit of fun. So if I've got a, which I don't, but if I've got a 10 year old child and I want to, want something new or different for them, uh, I come to you and, and how do we, how do you determine which direction? This is interesting that you ask. So we don't just sign up kids for the sake of signing them up like any school would. They just want that invoice paid and like come get inside the classroom. So for us, it's more about, um, Let's do an incremental sign-up process. So for us, it's like here's a couple of hours for free within our space um, and then just slowly see if they're getting the feel for this because the direction that we're taking students is very different to what the schooling system is offering. Um, So we want parents and the students to be 100% sure that this is for them. Okay, and then then I just want you to go back to the – you went over it a bit quickly, the the 
difficult uh, the different uh, topics or subjects that's that's available sure so we use we've got 12 different modules so it ranges from like 3d printing and design electronics coding storytelling branding um sustainable living even mycelium development learning how to grow mushrooms um ah. so there's 12 different modules but those modules or tools to use around the students bigger project so we call it pbl project-based learning mm-hmm. um so they're choosing their project. So it's what is one of our biggest challenges is that if you jump onto an online call or you're in a briefing, we call them briefings, not classes, um, with students, they, you've got every student almost working on a different project. So our thought leaders we refer to or our teachers, yeah. um, have got to be very dynamic to be able to like chop and change conversation between different students. But where it's a bit easier is, is that the teacher's not there to Teach to whatever they're trying to do. It's to facilitate that learning journey. To, um, to move it a, a To move it along, then. yeah. Okay. Encourage them, help them with the Googling a couple of challenges that, that they're experiencing. Um, and yeah, this way is, is working. Okay. And then, and then let's talk about uh, the technology component of the business because, sure. I, I mean, we... That's sort of what we're about. Uh, I don't. I don't think it, as advanced to where you are. What, what are the typical? You spoke about um, AI and those kind of things. What are the cool. typical? So I'm a big believer in the open source community. So we're using 3D printing, laser cutting, CNC routing as like your manufacturing or rapid prototyping tools. Then we're looking at like Arduino's, Raspberry Pis, uh, Teachable Machine, which is a Google product for uh, basic artificial intelligence. Um, so those are the kind of technologies and tools that we offer the students so that they can actually build out their projects and, and make things happen. And, and how is the students' time consumed? Um, can they move at their own pace? or Yeah, they generally so, so can you have a student that's in school but also no. in a mainstream school? And I'm making a point out of this. I don't take on like extramural lessons or holiday clubs or weekend lessons because at the end of the day, you need to kind of make the jump and be committed to it or, okay. or not at all. Do it on your own. Um, and it seems like a bit of a selfish approach to it, but I have been doing that for the past six or seven years now. And I've come to the point in realizing that giving a student an hour a week around this tech and around these projects is just not enough. Um, so the information that's retained a week later, there's a lot that's happened in between. So yeah. for us, it's like get serious about it and actually make this your journey. And if you had to um, – this is so interesting. If you had to um – Compare us to uh, 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 where we where the rest of the world's at. Um, so, if uh, from a skills perspective or jumping in, would you say we're on par with the rest of the world? Are we are we far behind? Are, are we talking about our majority of the population? Are we and talking I'm about talking. I'm, so, I'm saying if a, if a student starts with you, because um, yeah. I assume maybe elsewhere in the world where where technology is, uh, how can I say, more mainstream, if we can say that, uh, maybe the, the children have grown up and they didn't get to a point where they're ten years old and then the parent decide, okay, I need to try something new for them. I don't think we're behind. I don't think that's a great way to put it. We're just different. I think in Africa, and this is what I've always said, is like Africa is the last continent to go through a technological boom. Um, we have the creativity and willingness to learn in Africa, except the access to said technology and these prototyping tools okay. and just having it readily available is just not quite there yet. Operative word is yet. Um, and I think a lot of people in Africa are realizing that um, it's time to get 
up to speed with things. I mean, if you look at our continent, we are ripe with natural resources. We've got the creativity. Um, we've got great weather. We've got all sorts of amazing things. I think we just need to start educating the next generation with these skills needed to be able to rather create be creators of technology instead of just consumers if that makes sense and i mean uh, that can become a great export product it can actually be 100%. be a fantastic thing so um if we had to look at um 2022 what's your your goals your vision for yeah, so at the moment, I'm trying to set up as many hybrid space locations as possible. So we have okay. seen a gap in the market as a lot of companies and people are vacating their original offices due to obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, so I'm taking advantage of the fact that landlords are in a position where they've got lots of vacant space and I can pay a really cheap rent on like an ad hoc basis where um, it's spaces all around the country for kids to come and do 3D printing, VR, electronics, and have it as a workshop for them to use. Okay. Um, so we're setting up a flagship center in Rosebank Mall. So that's like a massive tech lab worth a good couple million rand. Um, and then we are slowly building out these smaller pods around the country. Okay. And then uh, typically, how, how big would that have to be? About 500 square meters. Okay. Yeah. That's five times the size of an average classroom. Okay. Yeah. That's so. That's so interesting. Um. So that's your that's your goal is basically is to just uh, set up do as that many so spaces. That, yeah. Um. And then um. I I almost don't want to ask this question, but I assume the this pandemic past two years has actually been quite good for for well, online probably uptake. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. When the pandemic actually started, I pivoted completely with my business. What I'd noticed is, is that there were millions of kids across Africa who didn't have the luxury of jumping on a Zoom call or having a teacher online to start, you know, receiving their education from. Mm. So I saw this like extremely bad gap where there's going to be millions of kids that are going to lose a portion of their education um, and just FYI from like inside information our pass rates that we're going to see this year are going to be the worst in uh, history I'm hearing in really, mainstream really schools you mainstream know. schools yeah, yeah. So now you've got a bunch of these kids that, uh, during the, like the start of the pandemic that just didn't have the, as I said, luxury of teachers on Zoom, whatever the case is. So we created something called Educare, which is our CSR initiative. Okay. It's a WhatsApp chatbot that allows kids to get access to this content. And when they complete challenges, which include like offline coding, building vertical gardens, um, engaging in problem solving challenges, when they complete it, send us photos or videos, uh, they're incentivized with mobile data or tablets or laptops um, and I've found that that's been really successful in terms of reaching you know kids across the country WhatsApp is an extremely accessible app I mean there's over 2 billion phones in Africa so yeah that's amazing um, and and uh, that was actually one of the questions I, I wanted to ask you is because uh, you, you know if we if we talk about uh, one of the ingredients of your of your product is actually the students um, and and we know uh, in Africa in South Africa there's a there's a lot of students that's not getting the attention that they need so potentially that and then um, uh, on your website I saw that you were referring to some fourth industrial revolution type stuff it tends to be a bit buzzwordy at least you and our sure. president are, are talking the same lingo I'm sure they're falling over their feet to support so you. Um, <laughs> not even a little bit <laughs> so um, 4IR is interesting it's just a reference to like where we're at in society I mean we saw our original like industrial revolution back in the day um, arguably we're in the fifth industrial revolution right now and I've been saying this since the last time I was on the show 
Um, when Elon Musk decided to put a chip into a monkey's brain and have it engage in a computer game without having to use his hands to uh, play, um, was when we realized that we were in the fifth industrial revolution, which is that culmination of uh, tech and your biology, essentially. So if you look at it like your mobile phone or your iPad in front of you, it's just a digital extension of yourself. Um, and a lot of parents, sorry, just coming back to like the kids side of things, are this like, you know, arguing screen time and stuff, which I understand needs to be in moderation. But like in 20, 30 years, these devices are going to be in there like brains. Um, like their screen time is not going to, you know, come to an end anytime soon. Yeah. So we need to just realize that it's part of being with the times. It, it sounds almost nuts when you say that, but I mean, it's true. It's going to happen. And, and I mean, um, something that you also said earlier, which I think is quite relevant is that Virtual world is where, where people, young children, uh, where prefer to spend their, their, their times. You can buy land in these virtual worlds. I mean, there's, um, all the big top creators on YouTube, like Logan Paul, Mr. Beast, David Dobrik, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, they're all putting like millions of dollars into non-fungible tokens, um, both uploading these NFTs, buying land, selling it, etc., and hyping up this market. And it's, they're not doing it just for fun. It's, they're doing it because they're early adopters in this technology. Um, and eventually, what's that, uh, that trend you learned in business studies? There's early adopters, late laggers. What's the middle section where it's uh, like yeesh. everyone? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're asking me now. Well, yeah, it's the, it's, it's middle where the, the mass, the bell where curve. the mass yeah. essentially yeah. starts joining in. Yeah. It's the other side of the chasm. I, I remember the reading that book, Crossing the Chasm. So if, if I'm a, if I'm now this parent of this 10 year old child who looks desperately unhappy in the in normal in the normal school system if we can call it that in inverted commas uh, what do I do <laughs> so head over to Thought Africa and uh, schedule a call with us and we will like walk you through the journey of leaving mainstream school um, I must also say that we still allow for a matric certificate to be an option for students should they want it um, but we just go about it a little bit differently we just making sure that they pass uh, like a minimum standard yes. pass and, and then what's your um, how do how receptive are parents for, for it you get do you get parents that start a journey and then they get cold feet and go, this looks a bit too futuristic and too weird for me? Sure. No, <laughs> I think it's a 50-50. You get parents that are either in or they're not, okay. like bottom line. Um, so you get parents that are unschoolers through and through that are just totally for this kind of education. And then parents that are, I guess, you do also get parents, that, like a third one, which is they're like, I don't want to take my child out of mainstream school in case this is a mistake and I don't want them to resent me for it at a later stage in their lives. Um, so they just go with the safe route. But even though deep down in their heart, they believe. And I mean, to me, the, the thing around it is, uh, I mean, if you look at uh, how uh, really, uh, how old the internet is, um, mainstream in South Africa, I mean, when I was at school, uh, the thought of the internet, uh, even though it existed, uh, you know, sort of in university labs and stuff like that, the thought of the internet that being that mainstream was, was insane. You know, people, yeah. uh, it wasn't a career option when I started out. Um, and, and probably if I at that point in time told my parents I wanted to live, I wanted to go work in the internet, they'd go, you nuts. You've got to go get a university degree and, you know, do, like you say, accounting or become 
a doctor or this or that, but uh, technology jumps. So as crazy as it seems, and, and I might not understand it, uh, this whole metaverse and all that type of stuff, that is the future. It's like you say, people will probably have some form of implanted chip or something, technology that's no, ingrained in there. I was just the, talking to my brother-in-law last night. He's in the airline industry, so he flies um, commercially. And I was asking him, like, what does he see in the next? Because I was arguing with him about, you know, why is there a human component in these Airbus A320s and A380s? A lot of it is all computer-generated, um, and the computers are making lots of decisions and stuff. And he, we were arguing, we were saying, like, you're actually a liability in the cockpit compared to, like, what the <laughs> computers can do for everything. And he was trying to argue, like, decision-making and stuff. So I was asking him, what does he see in the next 50 years with, like, the airline industry? And his prediction is, is that people are more comfortable in their home space. There's going to be a lot less flying, which we've already seen. And then when you've got these this metaverse environment, I'm going to actually take you to experience like going to another country or going scuba diving. Your brain actually is releasing those endorphins and makes you feel like you're there and present. So if you've got the convenience of just having this thing at home, pop it on your head and go and travel or go and experience anything from like playing temp and bowling to playing golf to whatever the case is, people are just going to go, well, I'll stay at home and play. Um, and that is a... Yeah, a reality of ours. And this metaverse is inevitable. Our world is, um, yeah, it's going this direction. People are more comfortable at home. How relevant is the, is the internet as part of this metaverse? Oh, no, extremely. I mean, you've got to, you've got to have connectivity. If you're talking about internet as connectivity, yeah, no, you've got to be connected with people. And what's cool is that, like yesterday, it sounds so lame. Um, so I've bought this little piece of land in Decentraland, which is, um, like a platform, like a Facebook. It's a digital piece of land. It sounds ridiculous. (laughs) And my process that I'm going about it is, um, to build a little, like, coffee shop. And yesterday I was in someone else's little bar. It sounds crazy. Um, but I'm just trying to keep with the times in it. Not that I enjoy being there more than a, an actual pub um but yeah i mean there's people hanging out from all over the world you like walk up to them and you chat to them it's yeah that is fascinating you guys after this um yeah so maybe maybe after this you can show me i'd, I'd like to buy the up the whole of virtual midrand <laughs> <laughs> so i don't think midrand exists there yet but uh, maybe an option Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, so just back to to sort of sort of closing this off. I, I really enjoyed this conversation, the passion, the energy. Um, I mean, I I think we need to have this conversation again. Um, my fundamental belief is is education is the one thing that can that can change people's lives really uh, you know in, instead of being dependent on on governments or world organizations and stuff like that um so i love the passion so let's just go back to my earlier question so if if i'm a parent and i listen to this where, where do i start and maybe december is actually a great time for that now because yeah, come uh, and explore so we're at um just a little bit of shout out for myself here. Yeah, we're at Rosebank Mall, Soko District. We've oh, set up yes. a pop-up shop there. Um, so we've got that shop, which we launched as a prototype to see whether or not this kind of technology in this space would work in retail, which has proven to be successful. Um, so we are launching this flagship hybrid school. What, what is that? What is that? What does that mean? So if I go to Soka Yeah, so you can come through to Soka District. Um, so Soka District is actually a space where it allows e-commerce brands or online brands to come and have that retail exposure without having to sign into crazy two or three year leases um, and, you know, flexible environment. Okay. So 
there's a bunch of other small businesses there which is really cool to see and i'm one of the small businesses um i've taken up the center stage which is called town hall and essentially that's people, a real space i'm just double checking space. Yeah. yeah it's an actual <laughs> physical space town hall it's got uh we've got four vr headsets like the one you experienced just now we've got yeah. some 3d printers electronics there's some robotics um some coding games and um yeah children and people come and have fun so people can come there and then get an idea of what of what this is all about. Yeah. Okay, I like that. And for how long are you there? So we'll be at Soka District until the 31st of December. Um, okay. And then going forward, we'll be within the Rosebank Mall space. Okay. Um, if I'm actually honest, things are a bit up in the air right now being at this time of the year. So yes. I might be at Soka District for a little bit longer. Uh, but I will be at the mall uh, going forward. Because the people Still. that's in Joburg in December. Come to Rosebank. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, got, you can't lose it. It's bound to be interesting. I experienced uh, some of it and uh, there's more to come now. So 100%. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worthwhile. Just as a, a final point in terms of like innovation and like the way things are changing. If you look at the common retail space like um, a general shopping center, since if you look Look at any of the big property companies like the one that uh, owns Rosebank. Their strategy of like how things have been working or changing is to deviate away from retail. But let me just back this up by something else. From 2016 to now, if you look at the stats of foot traffic and numbers of vehicles that have gone like through, it's slowly starting to decrease where people have found the convenience to like just shop on e-commerce or whatever the case is. And COVID has actually had like a very insignificant effect on um, like that retail space. It's in the bigger macro scheme of things. Um, so they're actually heading towards more of creating more experiential kind of spaces. And for me, seeing a huge company like that with properties all over the world from Europe to Africa, Africa, etc., making these kind of pivots and changes based on how disruptive technology is, you know, changing the game for them. It's kind of really an eye opener that things are changing, and if they're taking it so seriously, I think um, lots of other companies are, and you know, we all should. Uh, well, may, uh, may, and I, I like what you're saying. Maybe the fact that that we can physically—it's uh, ironic now—that I mean that we can go to Rosebank and physically see how seriously those people are taking it. Uh, you know, may, maybe that flicks a switch. In the brain, just like right, I've got to understand and, and get with it that this is the, what the, the world of the future is going to look like. Hundred percent. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. Thank that you. Was, for uh, me. We're definitely doing this again. I, I haven't. Uh, we haven't spoken ab- uh, enough about this, and yeah, that my brain's racing. It's it's fantastic. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for listening to Unbundled Boost, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to boost business in South Africa. Remember that you can listen to all the podcasts on the Cliff Central Apple website, and for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you want to know more about Catalytic, uh, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.